This is Donald Copeland, assistant men's basketball coach at Seton Hall. You're listening to Left Coast Pirates. Seconds to go down by two. Here's Whitehead. Guarded by Ochefu. Gets the step into the lane. Goes to the bucket. Layup. Rolls around and in. And a foul. Whitehead ties the game. Pow! From Trenton. Woo! What Trenton makes, the world takes. From just west of the Ward Place Gate in San Diego, California. He is Mike Deziri, class of 2001. I am Tom Kaharski, class of 1997. And we are Left Coast Pirates. Welcome to this week's edition of Left Coast Pirates. It is June 28th, 2021. And Mikey, we've got a new assistant coach on the staff. Tommy, why don't you just cut to the chase and ask me if I'm excited already? I mean, geez. I don't care if you're excited anymore, Mike. A true scene hall pirates come home. Oh, he's also coming home to LCP. He was one of our inaugural summer series guests. So having Donald come back to the show and having him Donald come back to Pirate Blue, I'm excited. I mean, Donald is really you know, the embodiment of a fan favorite, right? That blue collar type guy who put his time in, you know, was a contributor on that 2004 NCAA tournament team, you know, had a chance to kind of, you know, battle for the point guard position, his junior season, you know, had some ups and downs, but kind of stuck with it, stayed with the program. And then was the leader that took us back to the dance in 2006, along with Kelly Whitney, Grant Billmeyer, that Lewis Orr team. You know, that was a lot of fun. You know, that was that underdog pirate. And I think Donald's always been that underdog. And that, to me, and to many other Seton Hall fans, holds a special place in their hearts. So having Donald come back, I I think it's exciting. And I think there's a lot of people that are going to get behind and support him throughout this endeavor. And he's everything we like in a player. We love those Jersey guys that stay home. We love those guys who every year make improvements and get better in their game. And then as a former player, he comes home to South Orange and gets on the staff. It's great. It's a great story. Well, I also think that you have to have credibility, right? So you got a guy like Donald now with a lot of different mouths to feed in the backcourt of this upcoming roster. You got, you know, three or four upperclassmen. You got a bunch of young guys. They're all going to be fighting for minutes and they're going to be looking towards the leadership of Donald. And he's going to be able to turn around and say, you know, what? without kind of, you know, patting himself on his, on, on the back, he's going to be able to turn around and go, look, second team, all big East, my senior season. You know, there's some street cred there. Right there, there's that local toughness of playing at St. Anthony's for Bob Hurley Sr. The guy's got a resume that you got to take a step back and respect if you're these guys looking up to him in this new role. So absolutely, you should be excited. Well, enough talking to you. Let's bring him on. 
He played for the Seton Hall Pirates from 2002 to 2006, making two NCAA appearances, was all Big East and all Metro second team, in addition to Seton Hall's Senior Male Athlete of the Year. Played professionally around the world with stops in places like France, Germany, Poland, and Puerto Rico. And now returns back to South Orange as assistant coach for the Pirates. Please welcome back to Left Coast Pirates, Donald Copeland. Donald, it's good to have you back on the right side of the bridge. <laughs> no, it's good to be back. Good to be back home. Um, I'm glad to be, I'm glad to be here. Uh, really excited about this opportunity. So, so Donald Tom is known for his over-the-top intros. Which one was better, the first time you were on the show or the second time? No, he's getting better for sure. <laughs> this one was the best one for sure, no doubt, no doubt. All right. Speaking of the last time that we spoke, you had just completed your second season as assistant coach, but your fourth year overall with Wagner. Based on mm -hmm. that being your first coaching experience in the college game, what would you say were your biggest takeaways that you had in terms of lessons learned? Um, well, one, I'll say that I was very, very uh, fortunate, man, for the opportunity given me at Wagner by uh, Coach Bashir Mason. He and I have been longtime friends, man. And to be honest with you, I couldn't have started out with a better head coach. Um, you know, I got to learn so much, man, on the fly. He threw you, he, you know, he's the type of person he throws you to the wolves, you know, and you got to figure it out, you know, and just learning from him day in and day out of preparation approach to running a program, you know, running like a company, I, I was able to grasp a lot of things I didn't know necessarily going into it. You know, it goes beyond just uh, X's and O's and things like that. The relationships, with the players, how you run a program, um, how to prepare for things. Um, when things get thrown out at you, um, it's a really, really tough business. And I'll say that I was, I was able to learn from one of the best coaches I've been around. So that, that was really helpful for me. During that interview, you also said, I thought I cared a lot about wins and losses as a player until I oh, started yeah. coaching. Those losses really kill you. So, <laughs> you know, the team had some nice success. Early on when you were there, they won the NEC regular season title in the 17-18 campaign. But they also had a rough season in the 19-20 season where you, you finished 8-21. and 21. Mm -hmm. Has it gotten any easier to deal with those losses with a few years under your belt, or do they really still kill you? No, they they – Every loss stings in, in different ways, but no matter how much you won, we've had a ton of success there. Even in those great seasons that we have, you, we, we still talk about, or I still want for myself to, to have certain games back that we lost, <laughs> you know? But obviously the seasons that we had that were tough, it never we never changed our approach. I will say that our culture stayed the same day in and day out, and we were going to lose and win the same way, which I think only the way things should be. You know, you 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 have you'll have success in the long run if you just stay to who you, true to who you are, and that's sh that's shown true true there through the success we've had. So you asked for, or you made a comment saying that maybe you'd wish you to have a couple of games back that you know you didn't go your way. You win mm -hmm. the regular season NEC title, but that does not qualify you for the NCAA tournament at the D1, you know, low D1 level. You got to run the the gauntlet yep. and win the you know, NEC tournament title to get that auto bid. Any regrets for kind of having that great of a regular season, but not kind of putting the icing on the cake and getting to the dance? Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate goal to go to the NCAA tournament. You know, um, obviously the NEC, uh, which is a great league, it's one of those leagues where you got to win um your conference tournament you know and then when it comes down into march you know anything can happen you know we're no different than any other league in the country when in regards to that 
So irregardless of us having great regular seasons and then, you know, coming in strong into postseason, you know, just uh, we've had our mishaps, man. And, you know, we've always tipped our caps off to the teams that, you know, have won the championship because it's a hard thing to do, you know, but you never, you you never get over it. You know, Uh, we've had three regular season championships in my, my six years. We haven't been able to get to the champ, to the the NCAA tournament. It's something that, you know, you never, you never live down as a competitor, you know, especially, and, and also for the kids, you know, you want to you want to be able to experience that because that's the ultimate goal. You know, so we take nothing away from it. My time there and what we've done, you know, I still look at at my time at, at Wagner. Very proud um, always for, for what we've been able to accomplish. Well, you know, historically, Seton Hall fans love Jersey guys that stay home. And also, they love former players that return to South mm-hmm. Orange. And with you, we've got the best of both worlds now former New Jersey State champ at St. Anthony's, not to mention two NCAA tourney berths, like we mentioned earlier. How does it feel to come home to the blue and white? Um, no, it feels great. It feels great. You know, uh, I, I would say I, I'm excited uh, at the opportunity, you know, just to be able to, to be in this position. Um, but it's not necessarily a celebration for me. The The person that I am won't allow me won't allow that to actually settle in for me ever because it's just the mindset of I want to do well. You know, you want to do well. And and obviously with Coach Willard and, and Grant and and these guys have been able to um to build here, you know, over the years, you want to make sure you're able to sustain that and also uh build upon that. So that's really what this has been for me. And you know, the fact that I it, the bonus is that I played at Seton Hall, you know. Uh, so obviously I carry some, some, some more with me, but being from Jersey, being here, you know, you follow Seton Hall as a kid. Uh, I'm probably as Jersey as you get. <laughs> so, uh, you know, being from St. Anthony's Jersey city, whatnot, but no, it, you know, it, it, it's great. I feel, you know, I feel honored. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready to work. So. Well, you mentioned him already, but not only do you get to come home to be an assistant coach, but you get to mm-hmm. be on the staff with your former teammate as well. So any special meaning to being reunited with Grant Billmeyer? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Grant and I have remained close uh, since since our playing days, you know, and it's funny because the, the relationship didn't start out that way. You know, he he was a, a St. Patrick's guy. That's all I could see, <laughs> you know, and that was a St. Anthony's rivalry, big time rivalry. So, uh, but it took him actually being here on the team uh, being on the team with him for me to, you know, obviously get past that and get to know him. And what you see is what you get with Grant and everything he he has gotten in his career coaching wise is what he deserves. You know, he, he's a relentless worker, a relentless good person, one of the best people I've ever been able to be around and actually know. So uh, it's definitely a joy, you know, to be around him. And uh, now being on this side, working, working alongside with him, you know, I think it only make our friendship stronger. You know, not to cause any trouble, but that's a rivalry on the St. Patrick's side. That's just another number for St. Anthony's, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm uh, I, I'm proud in saying that I'm actually undefeated against Grant High School. So we beat them two times. Uh, I, I I do remind him of that, you know. So you know, he 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 uh he knows it well. <laughs> All right, Donald. So now that you're here, the Seton Hall roster was supposed to have basically turned over this past season, but you got Miles Kale and Bryce Aiken returning. Uh, mm-hmm. for yet another season, and that is going to offer some serious depth in the backcourt, especially when you pair that with the transfers and incoming freshmen that Seton Hall has joining their roster. Who are you most excited to work with based on the players that are going to be on this team? 
you know what, uh, I'm a guard, you know, uh, honestly, all the guards, you know, um, I can't narrow it down. I'm excited about all these guys. I've followed Seton Hall, you know, every year. So I'm, I'm familiar with the team, the program from afar, but now being here, you know, obviously Bryce Aiken, you know, uh, a, a tremendous veteran guy for the program, you know, being able to get with him, uh, Miles Kale, and then also the young guys, Jahari, uh, Ryan, you know, Kadari now being here, coming over from Syracuse, you know, just, um, you know, looking to work with them day to day, you know, every, every single day, you know, those, those guys are, are, are good enough players to be at this level. Right. You know, so uh, looking to build upon them for, you know, at making them caliber big East players, you know. All right. So we're excited. I think most of the fans are excited. So speaking of excitement, when it was first announced that you were coming to fill this vacancy left by coach skin, it was interesting to see the reactions on social media, right? On mm-hmm. one hand, you have some fans that are super excited that it was a member of the Pirates family, like Tom was talking about, specifically someone who put in the hard work as a player to improve mm-hmm. themselves after overcoming all the adversity, like the way you did throughout your career. How good does it make you feel that the accomplishments or your accomplishments as a Pirate are still getting recognized today by the fans? Um, you know, it's great. You know, uh, any any uh, positive recognition is always appreciated. You know, um, you know the, the fact that uh, I was able to accomplish – uh, what I did accomplish at Seton Hall, you know, um, is a special place to me. And obviously the fans are part of that, you know, the, as we all know, uh, the area we live in this New Jersey and New York area, uh, it's a tough area, you know, uh, people are going to be honest with you, uh, in, in their opinions and things like that. Um, you know, you just got to have thick skin. I mean, it's not, not, I'm not used to, I'm from, I'm from Jersey city. So, <laughs> you know, you just carry it. And like I said, the, the, the positive uh, feedback and things like that, it's always appreciated, you know? Well, like I, I'm not going to call out names of other players, but there's been a lot of comparisons where like, hey, I hope that player has a jump his senior season like Donald did. <laughs> and Tom and I are sitting there going, do you all realize this guy was second team, all Big East? Do not disparage <laughs> the accomplishment that Donald had from where he was his junior Donald. season. They forget. Oh, man. <laughs> So, so I, I'm excited to see those fans come out to represent who you truly were and talk about those accomplishments. But like we said, you know, conversely, you're going to have those people on social media these days who are going to give you that other side of the coin, that that different perspective. And in this mm-hmm. case, there are some individuals out there who believe that the jump from recruiting at the low D1 level at Wagner mm-hmm. doesn't compare to the grinded intensity competing against the power six schools for the nation's top recruits. What would you say to silence those critics and instill confidence that you're going to be able to recruit at the highest level? No, I got to work. You know, obviously um, it is different, you know, it is it, it, for sure. You know, uh, the levels and things like that, but uh, relationships are everything as is life. Um, I approach it that way with this and, you know, working hard is, is, is part of, part of that. Uh, I've worked hard so far thus far to build relationships, you know, obviously being here now with more at stake, you can, you can say, um, but that's what it's going to come down to is relationships. And obviously uh, the program has, is, is a good sell of itself. You know, what it's been able to accomplish, you know, going to the NCAA tournaments, winning the big East championship, um, you know, uh, coach Willard and, 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 and Grant and these guys have established uh, Seton Hall as a premier program in the country. So that also is, 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 is its own sell. But the other side of it is, is, is guys having to build those relationships and obviously sell yourself, you know, because, you know, I'm a true believer that you invest in people, 
uh, above any anything else. So, you know, uh, that's that's the kind of mindset I would have. But regardless of how successful or how prepared you're going to be in the recruiting phase, no one can anticipate the impact of how name, image, and likeness is going to have on the game. I mean, we had AD Brian Felt on a few weeks ago, and he gave us his opinion from a 20,000-foot level. But, mm -hmm. Donald, how do you feel like the NIL is going to affect recruiting from the frontline level? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a major point. It's going to be a major point. People are going to want to talk about it. They're going to ask what our approach is uh, in comparison probably to other schools and things like that. So can't necessarily speak into specifics of it right now, but, you know, it's definitely something that's going to play a, a key factor in recruiting because it's available to these guys as is other things. So it, it, it's just an added piece um, to the recruiting element that, you know, we're going to have to really explain and explore with these guys. But, you know, just like anything else in recruiting, you know, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to work at it. Do you feel it's going to supersede the benefits of culture and family and the education, and it's going to gravitate more towards the business decision of coming to Seton Hall? Uh, maybe in some cases, right? But, you know, I think uh, our program, Seton Hall, the, the culture that we have, you're recruiting a certain type of person anyway, you know? Um, so that, that goes into uh, the recruiting aspect of a player. You know, uh, there's talent, right? And then there's a lot of other things that go into having talent. Got to be somebody that fits the culture of your program. You know, you're not going to just bring anybody in. The fit's got to be right for, for the right reasons. But of course, NIL is, 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 a, is a part of it, you know, but you would hope that um, who you're recruiting, and obviously that's a focal point of us, is uh, they got to fit the culture. You know, they got to fit the culture. So that's what it comes down to ultimately. All right. Speaking of culture, another topic that's going to really impact recruiting and program structure of their roster is obviously the you know ability to transfer with much more ease. I want to go back mm -hmm. to the that interview we had with you previously. We touched on a topic when you were uh, on the show about your experience with freshman Justin Sarasoli during your mm -hmm. junior season. You basically said, you know what, he went through a lot of freshman stuff, and you know maybe some of the expectations from his high school, you know, might have played a part in kind of how he handled everything. But bottom line was freshmen just don't know until they get there and they have to go through the tough times. So yeah. we're seeing players now enter the transfer portal left and right at record setting numbers year after year. If they don't feel like they've you know found the right fit after one season with a program. So mm -hmm. how does this new immediate eligibility of the transfer rule have an effect on your approach, setting expectations properly when recruiting these guys? So, yeah, with, with transfers and things like that, you know, it's just like anything else. you got to grow with the times of it. You know, there's a lot of reasons why kids transfer, you know, right, wrong, indifferent, whatever the case may be. You know, I don't think you can change who you are as a program because of that, because, you know, you, you can't compromise, so to speak, you know. But it, obviously it's on it's on coaching, you know, to kind of maybe get ahead of it, you know, with the relationships and things like that, because sometimes in the case of guys uh, going through tough times, freshmen, it could be anybody from a freshman to a senior. You know, you want to try and get ahead of that uh, and work with them through it, you know. But again, like I said, you never know what the situations are with, with guys transferring. Sometimes it's for the best. Sometimes maybe it might be a mistake. You know, you can't really tell. You can't pinpoint. I've seen so many situations, even being at Wagner, uh, with guys transferring from us or guys we've recruited uh, with transferring. The one thing is that uh, – it's not going to stop, you know, it's probably going to continue, which, you know, is okay. And you kind of grow with it. Well, Donald, 
before we let our guests go, we make them walk the plank. We're going to ask you five rapid fire questions. We want five rapid fire answers. Don't think too much about it. Just give us the first thing that pops up in the top of your head. You ready for this? I think so. Uh, question number one, any see opponent you are glad you don't have to face anymore next season. Oh man. Wow. Um, St. Francis, Brooklyn. If you had to choose one venue to play at between the old continental airlines and the new rock, what are you picking? The Rock. Which road environment in the Big East are you most looking forward to seeing again? So you guys really make put, put, put me on this <laughs> plank here, I'll tell you that. Uh, so many uh, <laughs> tough places to play. Uh, I can't pass, huh? I have to say no, one. No. Got to give me an answer. Got to deliver. <laughs> uh, I'd say UConn. Who would you consider the biggest rival for Seton Hall today? Rutgers, Nova, or St. John's? probably always Rutgers, right? I mean, <laughs> just being in New Jersey or whatnot, but that's a fun rivalry. You know, I, I would say, I would say it is Rutgers and uh, I'm glad the game is, it, be able, it has come back. You know, I think that's great for the state for sure. You know, so that I, I would say Rutgers because it's probably the most fun. All right. This is a Tom question here on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most, how much do you dislike UConn? Oh, no, I don't dislike anybody. I, I respect those guys. Uh, you know, I don't dislike it. Come I don't on, dislike don't give me the Danny, answer, Danny, Danny, give, Danny. Give me the, the Donald Cobalt I bleed blue. Uh, I I'm Come glad on. Syracuse isn't around anymore because I would have really yeah, had to end no. this interview. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, no, I have a ton of respect for those guys, man. You know, they 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 have a good culture, a tough culture, especially Danny. You know, he's a St. Anthony's and Seton Hall guy, Jersey City guy, you know, so – uh, I, I, I would say it's probably going there. That's another fun one, you know, cause I know the culture there. I forgot how much politics was going to be in that answer, Tom. Shame, shame on me. Shame on me. All right. Bonus question. Uh, you've mentioned how you are undefeated against Grant Billmeyer essentially in life. I have to assume that there's going to be some, uh, heated one-on-one -on -one battles in practice as the ball is kind of laying around and, you know, you're not uh, dealing with the guys full quarter and individual instruction when you and grant decide to turn the lights back on again is donald going to remain undefeated yeah i'm not going to play grant man that would be unfair to him <laughs> that i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna you know he's my associate head coach now i, I can't do it i gotta respect him he'll start yelling at me and things like that now you know so you wouldn't take the opportunity to rise up and dunk on him is what you're saying or do you still um, have that in, as, you still have as, that in you as as well probably not Duncan but I, I I can get up you know I can still play a little bit you know um but no as much as as fun as that sounds you know again I'm going to give him the associate head coach respect <laughs> <laughs> congratulations Donald you have walked Thank the you. blank Donald <laughs> we are super excited that you're back we wish you nothing but the best and we can't wait to see you on the sidelines no, no. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm going to work, man. I'm going to work. Um, you know, uh, I take the responsibility uh, to heart, you know, and um, no, no one will put more pressure on, on me than I do myself. So that's my approach with the job. But thank you, you guys for having me. Uh, no, no problem. We know you're going to work hard. We wouldn't expect anything less, Donald. Appreciate Donald it. Appreciate it. Donald Copeland, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Left Coast Pirates. Be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other of your favorite listening platforms. Also be sure to follow us on Twitter with our handle at Elcos Pirates. We are also proud members of the What You Expect Network of Podcasts. And don't miss out 
on any of our previous episodes that include interviews with Seton Hall legends, Danny Calandrillo, Mark Bryant, Andrew Gaze, Shaheen Holloway, and many others. For Tom Kaharski, I'm Mike Deziri, and you've been listening to Left Coast Pirates. (laughs) 